0: Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and producer of Klenitsia, The Well, a podcast series about topics of interest to Ukrainians around the globe. Our guest for this episode is Yevgeny Afaneyevsky, who is an Oscar and Emmy nominated award winning film director, producer, and writer. And this episode of Klenitsia. It's produced for the Ukrainian Weekly, an English-language newspaper published in the U.S. since 1933 for the global Ukrainian community.
1: Welcome, Yevgeny. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. And thanks so
0: much for coming on today. So before we go talking about Ukrainian film and what you've done, I would like to get some uh, background about yourself, both educational and professional.
1: You know it's interesting because um, again, I don't know if it's a happy note or not happy note. I was born in Russia, former Soviet Union, in uh, almost fifty years ago, and I left it before the collapse in nineteen ninety one at the beginning of the year to Israel, migrated to Israel, and then later, few, literally eight years later, I moved to, in ninety nine. I moved to United States where I'm living since. I was dreaming to do movies since I was a kid and believe it or not when I was 16 I was already making my first movies and I even was sent to again Pione- pioneer camp Arlonek which is uh in on Caucasus I think yeah and uh that's some history already but that's how I started to make movies because I always wanted to bring messages, impact people, some, I don't know. That was my dream. And I guess that's what brought me to Hollywood. And that's what I started. I never was studying professionally. I have a medical degree, by the way. So I never was studying professionally making movies. I was uh, offered to study in uh geek and I never did it. I was also offered to teach there. I also not did it. I don't know why I was, uh, Big-time disappointed when I returned first time to former Soviet Union in 2001. I think I was big-time disappointed how degradation of the culture happened there. And I was happy that I was able to enrich culture through my work already in Hollywood. And I guess that's a little bit about my background. Yeah, Gany, can we talk a little bit about the Ukrainian film industry? How is it currently dealing with the war in Ukraine? You know a lot of people are on the front lines uh, i remember i was reaching to Alex so who was on the front lines uh, many of my friends is on the front lines many of the people with whom i worked on winter on fire they've been also uh, between front lines so uh, some of them in a in a guard some of them in a self-defense so it's uh, all over but people are defending their country And that's a beautiful thing. Now, together with that, there is a movie happening. And I know that there is a lot of productions there going. A lot of people who filmed with me also working with other crews right now. So still people documenting, still people making impact through the movies. Because culture and cultural aspect supposed to be no matter what's happening because i think through culture through movies we can bring the messages we can educate people and we can also change the history so at the end of the day i think it is important element and with all difficulties i think there is movies happening in ukraine right now not only just foreign productions there is a lot of foreign productions i can tell you i know that netflix crews there they mainly doing some reality stuff we know that they filmed interview with president they doing some reality stuff on the ground i know that some of my other friends in documentary industry they're filming dogs so sean penn just finished his documentary and in next months he have premiere so there is movies that coming out and all of them is a collaboration between either America or Europe and Ukrainian filmmakers, or some of the projects are happening by Ukrainian filmmakers. I think Sundance have right now two projects that are solely done by Ukrainian filmmakers.
0: Do you think Western audiences are interested in Ukrainian film?
1: He wants truth? I'm literally disappointed, but... Hollywood have silence and Hollywood kind of distance themselves from the whole situation. I don't know how to answer this question because when I was doing my movie, I was seeing the urge to bring the awareness about eight years war. I'm talking about last year, Uh, eight years war that happened in front of my eyes, but the world neglected. And if these eight years not were neglected, not we're not having the full-scale invasion last year, but it's happened. And that was the urgent urgency for me and my team to make a movie last year in six months, to tell to the world, hey, we need to wake up. We need to stand with Ukraine. We need to stop this cancer that continues spread and destroying people's lives and also destroying our media space. Because this is the not just a war on the ground that takes lives. This is the hybrid war of 21st century, and I also call in this World War III, where also media space is poisoned. And poisoned not only around Russia and Ukraine, it's also poisoned everywhere in the world. For lies that Putin's propaganda machine spreads, these lies not need visa to enter Schengen Schengen visa to enter European Union or America. This lies piercing easily through the borders and getting into our homes and into our minds. So I think for me it was urgency last year to tell this story and educate the world. But I saw that none of the Ukrainian movies was recognized by Hollywood. None of the Ukrainian product was taken big time by the studios. they showing the war slightly on a little scale since May. And despite we can find what's happening today in Ukraine, in Washington Post, we can find this in the Wall Street Journal, we can find this on CNN, but in the same time, nobody in Hollywood is talking about this anymore. Nobody interested in this kind of uh, situation. It's just no interest whatsoever. It's a pity because for me, Hollywood is a big cultural machine that can inspire and influence. Uh, we saw it with Vinch on Fire because uh, Vinch on Fire came through Hollywood and inspired the world to stand against oppression. Countries, Many countries took a note and stood for their rights like Ukrainians stood on the Maidan. So I guess that's the big disappointment but the general audience interested to see more what's happening in ukraine they interest to see comprehensive stories human stories that are uh, happening there so they can connect to these stories and there is interest to everybody whom we saw showed the movie uh, we saw the interest we saw the impact but again i am just a little part of the hollywood And uh, unfortunately, I am talking against the biggest gold machine that have a lot of Russian money here. So let's go back a minute. You
0: brought up your previous film, which was, by the way, Oscar-nominated, Winter on Fire, which told the story of the Ukrainian Maidan revolution of
1: 2013-2014. How did you decide to come up with that film? You know what... It's interesting because none of my documentaries, I not came with the ideas. I found myself in the situations and documented the situations. And that's how movies like Winter on Fire, Christ from Syria, Francesco, Freedom on Fire, and many others came. I just found myself in these situations and was documenting the history as every documentarian. And I think being there uh, documenting history, for me, documenting history is really important because in my knowledge, through my experience, through my life, I saw how countries, and the country specifically where I was born, rewrote the history multiple times. And documenting the history, I won't prevent rewriting the history. I won't prevent lies being put as the knowledge to the people. I don't want lies being distributed as history. I want history being preserved and taught to the younger generation so we can learn the lessons and not to spread the lies like Joseph Goebbels in 1939 invented the propaganda playbook. So I think that was the reason and that was how I created Winter on Fire. Uh, Maidan, filming, then creating the movie, then coming to LA, showing this to HBO and Netflix. And Netflix was one of the first who really jumped on this and said, let's uh, do a little bit of Make a, We can help you to adjust it towards the Western audience. And uh, thanks to the amazing executives of Netflix, Alisa Nishamura, Adam Del Deo, they helped me really to craft the version that played well for the Western world, explained well exactly what happened, what was the reason of the Maidan, what was the reason of this revolution of dignity. And technically, it helps to show the beginning of the war. Unfortunately, the world was so excited to see the revolution. But nobody paid attention that immediately in the first days of the beginning of revolution, the war started. And, uh, you know, Wind on Fire brought amazing knowledge to the world, where the world, for the first time, started to recognize that there is a country, Russia, and there is a country, Ukraine. And there is an amazing nation in Ukraine who stood for their rights, for their freedom, for their dignity, for their rights, for their culture for freedom of their speech, for human rights, and for the future of their nation. And I think that's amazing knowledge came through Winter on Fire and continued right now through my next movie, Freedom on Fire. Yeah, Gani. so let's talk about Freedom on Fire. How difficult was it to produce and direct your newest film? And how did you finance the film? You know, when I finished uh, Winter on Fire, we still continued to film Because until I released winter Mm -hmm. in 2015, we still were filming. So uh, annexation of Crimea, Donetsk airport, Ibaltseva, Ilobaisky hotel, all the places that Ukrainian audience familiar, and the world completely not familiar, the world probably familiar with one thing, annexation of Crimea. And the world probably familiar with MH17 Boeing. But the rest... Happened pro- in Ukraine and stayed there. The world was neglecting everything. And when in 2015 I finished Vintage on Fire and released it with Netflix, I was asked many times, will I continue to do movie about the war, exposing the war? And I was like, no. There is so many great filmmakers that I met in Ukraine that were doing movies. And I was always looking forward to see their movies, to have them coming forward with their products. But I haven't seen anything for the last eight years here in Hollywood. The movies were done. I saw great movies uh, when I was in Europe, when I was with friends in Ukraine, but I not saw it in Hollywood. Hollywood somehow not brought anything. And when last year Full-scale invasion on 24th of February happened. I realized that it is my duty as filmmaker who started this saga. It's my duty as filmmaker who brought to the world Winter on Fire and started the story of Ukrainian nation fighting for their independence in the eyes of West. It is my obligation to my friends who went to fight against. Russian invasion. It is my true uh, duty to go and continue the story. And I went back to some of the guys who worked with me. I went to the team. Same, try to assemble same team. Some of them were already on the front line. Some of them self defense, uh, territorial defense. Some of them were busy evacuating their families. But step by step, I assembled the majority of the team. I realized that I don't have much time because uh, the war was going so fast. And I need as quick as possible to tell to the world. I also knew from my also personal knowledge from my movie on Syria that the media cycle can be only two to three months maximum. I knew that the whole boost of the media around Ukraine will die in two to three months. I knew that by May, maximum June, people will be tired to hear this in media. And uh, during the summer, I also was understanding that it will be a first free COVID summer that people want to take vacations after a couple of years on a situation being just isolated in the homes or not being able to travel. So I was understanding that all this will bring to for media cycle to die around some. And my duty to create a movie that with the fall, I'm talking about September, October, November, can bring all the knowledge of the war situation and make people to act, make people to stand for Ukraine, because all my movies are call for action. It's like AAA, Advocacy Activism Action. And I think I was trying to create this call for action, like created for Winter Fire, for my other movie about Syria, Christ from Syria. I was trying to create this call for action in the shortest possible time. And I said to my team, we must do it by the mid-August so by the end of August I can go into the festivals and start the campaign. And that's what we did. It was tough. Six months of production from what three months we did editing. For the first time in history it was the same original team of Vinch on Fire in terms of editor, in terms of uh, executive producers, in terms of uh, some of the producers, in terms of me, in terms of a composer, a lot of uh, cinematographers. But I also was understanding that if Maidan, it was one place, one square, one city, here it's a war that started in four different positions of the country. It's also inside the country, It's also outside of the country. And it's also in Russia, because I wanted to interview uh, people and bring the notion of the propaganda, the media war. So I was growing my team. And if in Winch on Fire, I had 28 filmmakers. Here, I was over 40-plus filmmakers with whom I was collaborating in order to make this movie happen. And it was day and night. But I guess the amazing example of Ukrainian determination to win this war, Ukrainian determination to stand for their motherland for the future of their kids was the same determination for my team to make it happen for Ukraine. And that's how in six months we made it happen. It's not easy. It's much more problematic situations like with the papers. If on Maidan it was just a permit, press permit that were easy to obtain here, it's permits from Veseul, it's to obey by curfew. If you are in the territory of the military uh, brigade on the front lines, on the second line or first line, you need to obey by very strict rules of the press officer. It's It was a lot of rules imposed and it's also a huge risk for the lives. But you know, this movie also was for me important from another perspective. I saw how in march a lot of photojournalists cinematographers journalists were hunted by russians and killed some of the documentary directors were killed, and i think it was also another important element why i wanted to bring this movie and why one of my main characters is the journalist i really wanted to dedicate it to all these amazing people who document documenting history or who are doing their job as a journalist on the front lines, telling the truth and educating the world. Because for me, it's also a war against the lies which Putin's propaganda unleashed. Evgeny,
0: we're just about out of time.
1: But very briefly,
0: where are you going with the film now? Because we chatted before we got on the podcast, and you mentioned that you're going to work to continue updating the film to make it very current and then come out with a new release. When is that going to happen? And do you think the film will ever be on streaming on Netflix, for example, like Winter on Fire was?
1: I don't know. And I can not tell you, as of right now, none of the streamers kind of interested in the content about Ukraine, as much as it sounds pathetic. Their slots are full with different movies, and I guess they want to keep themselves far from this war as of right now. I don't know what will happen in one year or tomorrow even. I am talking about last year, last six months, what I observed. I don't know if, for example, tomorrow Netflix will start to buy more Ukrainian movies and start to promote them. Because to put on a service is one thing to promote that people will know that the movie is there is another thing. And a big, big point is a promotion promotion that helps to winter on fire to reach millions and millions of people around the world. So I am right now working on updated cut of the movie to make it concurrent up to date. And we discussing a self-release between the ninth anniversary of the war again, I reiterate in this, it's ninth anniversary of the war. Yes, it is first anniversary of the full-scale invasion, but it's ninth anniversary of the war. And I think that's what we need to start to put in the people's minds, that this war was there. And for eight long years, Ukrainians were fighting and defending themselves. And only this year and last year, they started to defend the rest of the world because, at the end of the day, if we will not stop today this war, tomorrow it may be late. Ukraine, in a, multiple times in a history, in the centuries, and you can see it in my movie, defended the world was a shield against dictatorships, against invasions towards the Europe, towards the world, and I think, honestly. During this World War III that we are living today and already many countries involved, maybe through the giving weapon or different things, we need to recognize this. And as quicker we can unite together, we can win this war. And that's the goal of my movie. And I am planning to do self-release. And as of right now, next month, there is so many screenings across the United States and the globe. And hopefully by end of February, beginning of March. It will be available on iTunes, Amazon, and all other platforms for the wider audience to watch, get inspired, spread the word, and encourage others to learn more about this World War III. And probably this call for action can awaken the soul of this human kind of uh, community of today's world, and together we can win this.
0: Yevgeny, thank you so much for joining us today on Krenice.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I have been
0: speaking with Evgeny Afaneyevsky, who is an Oscar and Emmy-nominated, award-winning film director, producer, and writer, and has produced two films that we know about, Winter on Fire which uh, talked about the story of the Ukrainian Maidan revolution of 2013-2014 and is streaming on Netflix, and a new film called Freedom on Fire, Ukraine's Fight for Freedom, which is just coming out now. This episode of Knedizya has been produced for the Ukrainian Weekly, an English-language newspaper published in the U.S. since 1933 for the global Ukrainian community. And I'm Mike Burek, your host and producer of Canizia. Until next time, that's all for now.